0: Stop being a blue pill sheep, being led to slaughter by big government in the court system. Become an awakened man. Here's your host, Gregory. Hello.
1: Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of The Awakened Man. I hope you're doing well today. Today we're gonna to go down the road and merge politics with mental health and talk about how liberals have a higher rate of mental health problems. Now <laughs> This is a study that came out with Pew Research, but it was kind of smothered, and you really had to dig and find this. And I was given to this by one of my oldest friends from college 30 years ago. She sent me this article because she knows I have this podcast, and she thought that it would be interesting for me to talk about it. So I wanted to talk about it, but this does remind me of back when AM Talk Radio was... Pretty well known. This reminds me of a guy named Michael Savage. And Michael Savage used to have a very successful show called The Savage Nation. And, you know, to be honest, I don't even know if this guy is still alive. Uh, Once podcasting came around, I never really listened to uh, AM radio anymore. But back then, when you only had that, uh, you would listen to it if you liked that kind of stuff. And certainly they had. What was the, the liberal outlet that Mark Maron used to, to run, uh, I can't remember, but you know, there was a lefty version of it uh, that tanked because leftists don't listen to, to radio. But Michael Savage is still alive. Either way, so he had this saying that liberalism is a mental disorder. And I always thought that was funny, but it was never really, I, you know, you could say that if you're a conservative, and of course you're going to have confirmation bias, you could say that anecdotally you could see this, but it wasn't necessarily backed by science. However, now we can look and see that maybe it is backed by science. So Pew Research did a study uh, that talked about COVID, late COVID. And the, the study was essentially that liberals are far more likely, white liberals, I should say, white liberals are far more likely than any other ideological racial subgroup to report being diagnosed with a mental health condition. And I will put a link in the episode notes because there's a lot of graphs that you can look at. And I'm not gonna spend time breaking down something that needs to be visually looked at, but I will glean off of one graph, which I think is the most telling one. So they asked the question in this Pew study, has a doctor or healthcare provider ever told you that you have a mental health condition? And then what percentage said yes? So what they have on this graph is white liberals, white moderates, white conservatives. And then they also break it down by age. And what you find is the more conservative you are and the more older you are, that's bad English, the older you are, the less that you're going to be diagnosed with a mental health problem now some of this is of course the older you are let's say you're like a 75 curmudgeon 75 year old curmudgeon that lives in rural montana like watches yellowstone like i don't i don't go to psychologists you know so i think some of it is just like maybe you're not going to go to that but i'm pretty sure this peer research study controlled for that there's a lot of controls on this and i think maybe the older generation doesn't believe necessarily in mental health, the APA, the American Psychiatric Association has this persistent belief. They believe every human has a pathology and it's their job, kind of like in Scientology to purge you of the Thedians that are in you, their job to purge you and fix you. They believe that everybody's got it. And so if you ever go into a shrink's office, you're not going to leave with no diagnosis, Partly because you don't, they can't get billed. They can't get paid. They can't bill you for that. So they're going to, you're going to come up with some, some problem we talked about before, like the Diagnostical Statistical Manual of Mental Health Problems. Volume 1, which I think came out probably in the 50s, was very small. Now we're on, uh, I think we're on 6 now. DSM-5 had been around for quite some time. Now it's a gigantic thing. And you, you see these conditions that are such jokes. Oppositional Defiance Disorder. If you look at the criteria for that, it's like a child who talks back to his parents. A child that that is aggressive sometimes a child that doesn't control his emotions well of course everyone is going to be diagnosed with that and that's the point because there's collusion between the mental health world and big pharma i mean big pharma has got a collusion with big grocery big food government everything right so it's not surprising but either way so the the apa is full of crap because one of the problems of mental health problems too is that there's no objective test. See, like if you go in, do I have diabetes? What do we do? We can check your blood. We can check your blood glucose levels. We can check your urine to see if there's glucose in urine. Well, let's say you have a tumor. We can do an MRI and see if there's a tumor in your brain, right? These are objective empirical tests. With mental health, there's not there's nothing in your blood work that would suggest that you're, you you have depression or anxiety or oppositional defiance to disorder, reactive disorder, or any of these, these things. And so. It could be problematic. So a lot of the, the, the therapists rely on the book, the DSM book, which gives a criteria. But the criteria, again, is very general. Like if, Even if you look at something with depression, it's like, I'm either sleeping too much for two weeks, or I'm sleeping too little for two weeks, or I'm eating too much for two weeks, or I'm eating too little, or I have persistent negative thoughts. It's just such a, such a general criteria that a lot of people will be diagnosed with problems and that's what they want. Either way. So if you look at the statistic... White liberals, especially young white liberals, 50% of the time they've been diagnosed with a mental health problem. 50% of the time. And if you look at the other spectrum, which will be older, super white conservatives, it's 5%. 5%. Now, if you look at white liberals in general, they have at least a double, if not triple, if not quadruple, if not nine times higher rate than the white conservatives, according to this Pew Research study, if you've ever been diagnosed with a mental health condition. Now, I used to work in the mental health where I used to triage people when they would come in to a place and, you know, you'd have to ask them questions. Go, are you on any medication? What are your previous... Uh, Diseases you've ever been diagnosed with. You know, typically you are hearing like hypertension, high cholesterol. But you do have to ask about mental health problems because, again, this, this could lead to a contraindication on the medication, for example, if you're getting. So this is a legitimate question that doctors will ask or nurses or whoever's triaging patients when they come in to admitting. So in short, white conservatives who are very conservative, have they ever been diagnosed with a mental health problem? 16%. 16% if they're 30 to 49, 13% if they're 50 to 64, and as I mentioned, 5% if they're 65 and older. If you look at white liberals, 45% if they are 18 to 29, 34% if they're 30 to 49, 23% if they're 50 to 64, and 15% if they're 65 and older. So if you just look at the age, let's, let's look at the ages because I think that's the best. So if you look at super white conservatives compared to super white liberals, 18 to 29, you are more than twice as likely to have a mental disorder if you're a white liberal. If you look at 30 to 49, again, double, 100% more likely. that should be 50%, 50%, 50% higher, 34% compared to 16%. If you look at 50 to 64, the, the, the rate is dropping for both. So with super white liberals, it's 23%. But with super conservative liberals, 50 to 64 in the same age demographic, it's half that rate at 13%, a little less than half. And then with the elder 65 and older, it's 15% if you're a super white liberal, but it's only 5%. So it's three times more if you're a white liberal. Now, is this shocking? Is this shocking that super liberals have a higher rate of mental health problems? I would say not. And And they have a separate question here. Uh, from they asked the white liberals so has a doctor ever diagnosed you with a condition and if so what was that condition and the large majority of those that were were diagnosed were were diagnosed with some sort of neuroticism and that's not surprising right we know that super white liberals tend to be neurotic uh in nature you if you need like a good definition of like what is neuroses think of like woody allen think of seinfeld think of larry david these kind of classic definitions of somebody who over analyzes, overthinks things. And so that's what they're getting a lot of, of the choices of neuroticism, agreeableness, extroversion, conscientiousness, and openness. They get a lot of the neuroticism. And not to mention a lot of the depression and the anxiety, which of course is linked to neuroticism, right? If you are neurotic, you tend to be more anxious. And you could argue that if you're anxious all the time, you're gonna be more neurotic. Now, it doesn't mean that like all white liberals have mental health problems. We, we looked at that; stat was 45%, so the majority are not. Let's be, let's be fair. But I think you're more likely to be diagnosed with a mental health problem if you are a liberal than if you are a conservative. And I think a lot of it's just the outlook that you have of the world. The liberal outlook is I need protection. Government is here to protect me. Government is here to serve me. And the conservative view is, no, government is not your friend. This is why the Founding Fathers put so much constraints and limitations on a large government because they were coming from what they perceived to be at the time of the 18th century uh, of tyranny, of, of government, of monarchy. What monarchy can give you, monarchy, monarchy can take away from you. It's a paternalistic, right? It gives, but it can take. And imagine what they perceived to be tyranny in the 1700s where George III was giving them, was taxing them without allowing them to have representation. They would be spinning in their graves if they could see the Orwellian hell world that we live in now, where we are being watched and monitored at all times. I have episodes here going back to 2017, how your cable box can spy on you. We know the NSA's admitted this in congressional hearings, that they intercept emails, they can intercept text messages, Siri and ECHO are spying on you. There's tons of studies on this. You can look it up yourself. There's cameras at every intersection for our protection. And just the growth of big government, Leviathan, as Thomas Hobbes said back in the 18th century, the growth of big government would be mind boggling even to the liberals of, of Kennedy's time. Just absolutely mind boggling. But the conservatives are like, leave me alone. I'm going to live and die in my work. And if I die in my work, think of the pioneer mentality. If I don't plan well, if I don't work well, well then so be it. But I'm going to work hard and I'm going to reap the benefits of that. Whereas the, the liberal mindset is more of fear, right? I need security. Government's job is to give me security. And Ben Franklin said very recently, back in, in the 17, late, late 18th century, late 1700s, that those who give up security... Those who give up freedom for security deserve neither and get neither. And we've kind of learned that with COVID. So many people gave up their freedoms for what they perceived to be security in terms of curfews. And then later on, of course, the vaccines. And, then, you know, you don't take the vaccine, you're a horrible human being. Because you know, they were all being triggered to the rat part of their brain. The diencephalon, the brainstem, the, the part that we have in connection with the rats and, and dogs, you know, the, the part that is responsible for physiological desires like thirst, hunger, respiration, fear, procreation. And so it, it bypasses your frontal lobe, it bypasses your cerebrum, which is higher level thinking. So it was all fear, 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 fear. And of course, Davos people, you know, the, the, the World Economic Forum people, the Global League, know this, right? So they know that people are willing to give up freedom and they can bypass their reason if you put them in a state of fear. And if you put people in a state of fear, they're much more likely to consent to things that they otherwise would not consent to. So liberals kind of have this view of just always being like, I need protection and freedom and freedom. And so they'll look for government to give them this. But it never, and also they tend to be less religious. And so they always were looking for this, this security, but it's security that it's always fleeting because For one thing, you can't protect yourself from disease and death because eventually we're all going to die. We're all going to die. And so there's no point in worrying about these things. And the liberals are arguably the most educated between conservatives and liberals. And you see that the ultra-rich are exceedingly liberal. And you see that the more you spend in the educational system, the more liberal you tend to be, less religious you tend to be. And you're more likely to fall for the critical race theory. You're more likely to fall for the victim mentality, the snowflake world. And it's not surprising that the biggest percentage of people that have been diagnosed with a mental health problem are young white liberals, 45%. Young white. These are the snowflake babies, right? These are the ones like, I suffer from microaggressions all the time, even though I'm white. These are the type of people, I need a mental health day off. This this, this is that group, because this is what... Either their, their parents who are liberals expose them to, or this is what they've got from the university system or the high school system. And it's just like fear, fear, fear. And they're always just scared, scared, scared. And that puts them in just in a persistent state of anxiety and depression. And we know there was a gigantic study that came out of the CDC. They do every 10 years, uh, gauging the mental health of Americans. And uh, the study came out, the most recent one last year, and it showed that. Uh, some, and I don't want to quote it here because we did an episode on it, but something like 60% of female adolescents have a persistent suicidal ideation and are severely depressed. I mean, this is the highest numbers it's ever been. And some of it is just being on social media. Some of it, of course, is coming off of COVID. But some of it is just like giving or having this mindset of victim mentality all the time. And how everyone is out to get you. The the white man is bad. Rich men are bad man are bad, look at the Barbie movie, the bad guy's patriarchy, you know, everything, bad, 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 I'm a victim, I'm a victim, and, and, and just no like, like concept of self-reliance, no concept of hard work, no concept of resilience, and we know, study after study, social media is bad for your mental health, higher rate of eating disorders, higher rate of depression, anxiety, suicidal ideation, and what do we have more of? More of social media. So you can tell this to children. Hey, you need to get off this stuff. It's horrible for you. Tell it to teenagers. They can't get off it. They're hooked on it. They're absolutely hooked on it. So I think there's a lot of things that play into this study. And I don't think I can give it due credence. But I'll put a link in the episode notes so you can check out the graphs. And the graphs are pretty clear. And they put in controls for other, uh, other like things like socioeconomic and other things like that. And again, this is just white people. This isn't looking at any other race. But the study is pretty conclusive that if you are very liberal, you're more likely to have a liberal disorder or a mental health disorder. It kind of harkens back to what Michael Savage said. Because I think, I think some of it is that the liberal, the liberal mentality is a, is a mentality that is totally detached from the world. Mark Twain has always attributed to that saying that those who, those who are young and not liberal are heartless. And those who are older and not conservative are brainless. And I think to a certain extent, when you're young, you kind of have this Pollyanna view of the world, what you want the world to be. Oh, I want us to be able just to walk into a mall and just take whatever we want. And why do we need the idea, concept of money? And why do we need the, the concept of why can't we just live in a communal world? you know, And, and it's understandable when you're 17. But then you grow up. Right? You grow up. You understand taxation, you understand how people should be paid for their services and so forth, and you understand the progressive income tax, which was one of the planks of the Communist Manifesto by Marx, was the more you work, the more you're taxed. That doesn't make sense. And so you learn all these things, and so naturally, as you get older, you're going to be more conservative. But I think a lot of liberals, especially older liberals, still have this mentality, this childhood mentality of, of needing protection, this childhood mentality of... Of not really like connecting things. Like think of like open borders. Like a lot of liberals are totally fine with complete open borders, but then you tell them, okay, how would you feel if fifty people jumped your fence and moved into your house and started living in your house and ate all your stuff and so forth? You're like, I wouldn't like that. Well, why wouldn't you like it? Well, because it's my house. Well, it's the same thing with open borders. It's the same thing. So if a government believes that they have the right to determine everybody who comes into the country, I think that's pretty reasonable. But with a lot of liberals, there's no such thing as re- reason. It's all solipsism and anxiety and neurosis. And you can offer them just palpable empirical science and just normal logic as to why we should believe things, and it won't penetrate their brain because of just a lot of different features and factors that, that they've been exposed to, and I think this study kind of talks about what we all kind of know to one level, that white liberals tend to have more mental health problems for a wide variety of reasons. Either way, guys, please rate and review if you haven't done so already. It just helps with the algorithm uh, on Apple or Spotify. There's a link in the episode notes for PayPal, and there's a link to the uh, website which has PayPal and in here, including this in the so you the Until next time, take care. God bless.
0: Thank you for listening to the Awakened Man podcast. Find us on Facebook at the Awakened Man podcast page. Subscribe and post an honest review on Apple Podcasts and consider donating to our crowdfunding account. And remember, freedom is better than needle. Until next time.